This is Limit Up, the place where we explore markets, strategies, and trading psychology to take your trading to the next level. Hey, traders, this is Eddie Horn from Top Step, and this is Limit Up. This is where we talk with traders, market participants, and trading psychologists to help you improve your trading. Today, we have our host of the market forecast, the one, the only, John, a.k.a. the Hogue, Hoagland. Oh, wow, what an introduction. Thank almost, you, Eddie. Yeah, I almost uh, started to go off with WWE. And in this corner... All right. John, thanks for being here with us today. My and, pleasure, Eddie. You know, John, today bringing on a seasoned day trader uh, who follows E-mini Futures, uh, also trades stocks. The guy started out at the bottom, you know, like where we were. You know, we started out at the bottom, worked our way up, and uh, actually worked his way up to a very successful career in trading. Yeah, I've uh, been kind of keeping track of his progress along the way. I think he's a real down-to-earth guy, and uh, I'm very happy that he's that he's found some some good success at this. And we're talking about our good friend Tim Reset. What Tim brings to the table in this interview is what every trader starting out needs to visualize and realize that it doesn't come easy. As you know it, I know it, many traders know it. There's a ton of homework that you need to accomplish to get started, and for you to continue on a positive term yeah it does not come easy humility is a big part of it and part of that humility is understanding that that homework is never going to end being a consistent and profitable trader is not an event you're always going to have to work at it right right you know john what's so refreshing about this talk with tim is how he perceived his journey in trading you know he never really expected too much but as he got closer to the to the the higher levels the higher education the higher knowledge he grasped it and took it to the best and tim never put all his eggs in one basket he, he never forgot about uh his backup plan he did keep a positive view on his goals and his career desires and something to that nature is something that we all really need to uh to focus on is keep those goals Keep those desires in focus. For sure, Eddie. Everybody has an, a perception of what they think their trading career is going to be like. Some of them have very unrealistic expectations. I think Tim had very realistic expectations. He knew that it was going to be the hard work, and he knew that it was going to take some time. Uh, I think trying to stay happy is is a good part of it. You have to really enjoy what you're doing and, you know, understanding yourself more and more over time. If you say you, you're, you're, you're passionate about trading, I, I prefer to think passionate about markets and passionate about myself. Keyword, John, realistic. Being realistic. One thing that you should never do is bluff yourself into thinking this career is easy. It's not. It's a constant climb upwards and it, it can be a battle and it could be a battle a positive way and a negative way and one of the biggest things to keep you in the game is that positive mindset whether it be good or bad and of course as you mentioned that realistic expectations 
Yeah, every time I have thought, hey, I've got this now, this is going to be easy from this point forward, I've really asked evil in the door because it is a constant effort and, and, uh, and it is so worth it. You learn so much about yourself through this process and keeping your expectations reasonable is just part of it. At least I know I never will be able to put my left down. I always have to keep my guard up and every time I say to myself, hey, I've got this something is awry right you know john and trading could be that sitting down with a nice cup of coffee and a nice big piece of delicious chocolate cake or it could also be the three stooge pie fight so oh for sure (laughs) and you know you mentioned positive mindset and i and so much of that for me has been working on changing my inner dialogue every time i find myself saying you know i've made a mistake or i should have or i could have or i would have i've tried to change that inner dialogue to okay there's something i can learn from this and if you keep that in your quiver it's easier to keep that positive mindset you're not using negative words when you're thinking about yourself, you're you're offering yourself opportunities to learn. Exactly right. John, you ready for Tim? I am. Okay, let's get started. Trader, educator, and straight up good guy, Tim Reset. Tim Reset is a day trader of the E-minis futures market, a swing trader of stocks, a Chicagoland native now living in sunny Scottsdale, Arizona. Tim openly shares his methods throughout the trading community and is a regular speaker at Traders Expo. When he's not in front of the computer trading, you'll find him outside hiking, riding his mountain bike, and exploring new places. Would you please welcome Tim Reset? Hello, Tim. Hey, Eddie. Thanks for having me today. Very nice to have you here with us. And you know, let me just start out that I know that a lot of our traders here at Top Step do trade the E-mini futures. And I'm really hoping that you can shed some light on uh, uh, a lot of the aspects of the E-minis. Yeah, I'd be happy to do that. All right, Tim, let's start out. What attracted you and how did you get started in trading? So I had the good fortune growing up in the Chicago area. A friend's dad uh, introduced friend of mine and myself to the Chicago Board of Trade and we got to you know experience trading sort of the old-fashioned way down in the trading pits we got to go down to the floor uh, talk to a lot of the pit traders uh, you know find out you know what was going on down there and and kind of what they were doing to make careers out of trading and then that group of guys mostly guys a couple gals in there uh, they really encouraged us that, you know, this is early to mid 2000s. So certainly well into the uh, you know, tech boom. And they really encouraged us, you know, you don't want to be here down in the trading pits. Most of the guys are trading off terminals anyways. And they're just, you know, looking at their charts and then they're coming into the trading pit to, to place their trades. So from there, uh, those guys hooked us up with uh, a couple of folks who uh, lived just north of the city, and they'd been trading on the computer for, gosh, since the early 80s. And that's really where um, you know our trading education and uh, growth really stemmed from, being able to follow along with some really good uh, seasoned traders, and uh, that was then exclusively trading off of the uh, charts on the computer. Tim, let me ask you, what hooked you? What was that moment where you said, I got to do this? I've always liked to have 
you know, kind of control of my finances as opposed to being an employee for somebody else, having my money managed by somebody else. So, you know, the attraction of managing my own retirement and kind of having the flexibility to be my own boss and get out of it what I put into it as opposed to uh, working for somebody else. And then, and then the pattern aspect of trading and going through and, you know, methodically looking for setups, placing trades, managing trades, all of that encompassing was uh, very alluring uh, to myself. What'd you feel about the risk factor, the, uh, the chance of uh, all that money that you've earned uh, another way of losing it uh, to this? So one of the very first things uh, Greg and uh, John told us was to um, always use stops and never blow up your account. Come into trading looking at the risk side first. Come into trading, come into business, come into you know pr- new projects, ventures, startups. You know you're always you know assessing the risk versus the reward. And being young, you know I was my late teens, early twenties. Hmm. You know you have a little bit of um, naiveness about you. Sure. You're excited. You're you know you got your whole life ahead of you, and you know you stack all of those opportunities on top of each other, and it, it really set myself up for, you know, a good foundation to be able to trade off of. I, I'm not saying that you can't become a trader later in life or an entrepreneur or start a business, but by the time you have family, wife, kids, things pulling at you 50 different directions, you know, it's just like learning a new instrument. Um, takes a little bit longer <laughs> if you're uh, not able to spend as much time being quite so focused. You know, one of the key words you said there where a lot of us need to remember was the word foundation. You said, you know, and that's what you need to do. You know, when you're trying to build an account or build on a career, you have to have a stable base, a foundation, and you build it from there. You know, have something. And as you learn, as you absorb knowledge, then you start to make the big build. Now, Making a big build, making a successful career, good routines definitely help you get to that that goal, that objective. Uh, bad routines are always there, especially in this business. You know, they like to sneak in. They like to sabotage you. Uh, and you know, that's what they do best. Now, Tim, when I talk about good routines, you know, like the pre-market prep, a game plan, uh, a trader checklist. Can you share some of what you do and what you use? Yeah, I look at the pre-market routine like an athlete would look at a warm-up. The idea is to put you in the right frame of mind to develop uh, your focus because you know as we go about our days, fifty percent of what we do is just repetitive habits. You know, we do the same things over again. We we eat the same things. We go to the same restaurants. We uh, drive the same routes. And so doing things that are constructive to improve myself as an individual are the things that are going to then you know develop into good subconscious habits. Uh, I find that reading, 
regardless if it's uh, a trading book or something completely unrelated to trading, I always like to start my day reading, even if it's just one page or five, 10 minutes, it just kind of sparks the creative juices in my brain. You know, some people like to do meditation, yoga, uh, sip your coffee and, and read the newspaper, but something that's going to, you know, stimulate your mind and uh, put you in a good frame of mind so that, you know, if you trade the nice open every single day, uh, it would be just like, you know, a basketball player would uh, maybe jog around the court, shoot a few uh, free throws and kind of get warmed up. You're trying to create a, a rhythm or a warm up routine that you can then get you in the frame of mind to be trading very focused and um, intelligently. You know, that mindset, and I've been in the business here 30 plus years, talked to many, many traders, and being on the trading floor for a while, that mindset developed itself with me really not focusing too much on it. Like mm -hmm. on, on the trading floor, it was sort of the do or die. You know, there was no TV timeouts. There was no, hold on a second. Um, you would learn in the heat of the moment. So that, that's one thing I try to share with traders, electronic traders and so forth that, you know, that's one of the first things you honestly need to check before you turn on your computers, before you start looking at charts, uh, before you start reading news articles and such, you got to make sure that uh, that noodle is, you know, ready to go. And, you know, 100%. Uh, another thing mentioned, you know, the game plan. Being on the trading floor, a lot of guys would jump in the pit and would not have a game plan. But the smart traders always had a game plan. They did their homework. They took the time out and they prepared themselves. And a lot of our traders online here at Top Step, they use the, uh, the checklist. Not only the checklist for getting yourself ready for the day, but using that checklist for each and every trade, always asking yourself questions and making sure that you've got mm -hmm. good answers. Uh, now, Tim, in, you know, we talk about a big picture, you know, when you're looking at the market, one of the things I like to do uh, before I start getting into trades is I like to sort of the Google earth, my charts where I see that big picture. And, you know, then I start scanning in closer, 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 and then I get to my uh, desired time frame. Now, in your experience, what is the big picture in trading telling you? And are markets growing and offering us more opportunity? You know, I think there's always going to be a need for that discretionary trader. You know, things like arbitrage, come and go, a new platform or market is created it almost feels like sometimes and there's some opportunity for arbitrage and then things become more and more efficient and some of those opportunities go away but the markets are always going to be there and so just reminding yourself of that you don't have to make it tomorrow and i think that really can help keep a, a level head so that you can see opportunities as they're, they're going to come your way. If you try to force things and push the market to do things, try and place trades in market conditions that are not very good, then you end up having losing trades, getting frustrated, starting this downward spiral. 
I find it super important to tr go into the trading day with, you know, this mindset that, okay, I'm going to look for the same setups on the same markets. I'm going to manage my trade the same way every single time. I can't be one time, you know, having a, a two point target on the ES and then the very next trade, I'm going to trail my stop. And then, you know, I'm bouncing from strategy to strategy. You have to be very deliberate and by executing the same way, that's when you, your framework will start to show you things, show you patterns, and then you can go back through your trades and see, well, maybe I need to adjust my first target a little bit, or maybe I need to be uh, more conservative with my trail stops so that I can stay in these trades longer. You know, that's, that's the thing is, is you, you want to be in the trade. Uh, you don't want to play something on, uh, you know, on the dome and, you know, 30 seconds later, oops, I got stopped out. Um, but, you know, we try to build confidence. One of the things that you said is that a lot of traders don't understand when somebody says, let the market tell you what it wants to do. I mean, I'm watching it right here and, uh, you know, it's, 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 it's going North. It's going South. It's going bull. It's going bear. Uh, it's going West. It's going East. A lot of traders do not use that as a tool, uh, a, a, a safe way uh, to at least keep them in the game. You know, you said like pushing the markets 30 plus years in the business. And I catch myself leaning on the fence, which way I want the market to go. And, you know, just having the experience and getting bit one too many times, I'll catch myself and I'll say, what are you doing? Okay. That's not the way to do it. And then I'll take a few steps back, reevaluate, and then I'll come back again. Was it worth it? Should I do it? And once again, referring back to that checklist, you know, ask yourself questions. You know, why did you do that? If you got a good answer for it. All right, good. If you've got like a half-ass answer or no answer at all, then the thing is you need to stop, like I said, take a few steps back and reevaluate. Now with many new traders, they're looking for a career in trading. What are some fair warnings you can share that might otherwise discourage them? Well, I mean, trading is hard. Just like uh, becoming a doctor or a lawyer, you know, there's lots of time up front spent learning, um, absorbing information. And a lot of folks, you know, I talk to people who are interested or, you know, ask what I do and they're interested in getting into trading. But the more we talk, the more we find out it's not actually trading that they enjoy. It's the idea to scale back their career, quit their job. And we've found that, you know, a lot of times what they're really looking for is to own some kind of franchise or some business that generates cash for them in a passive sense. They don't really want to go from one nine to five job to another job using air quotes of being a trader and spending all day in front of the screen, nights and weekends, evenings. And so if you come into trading knowing that, you know, it's not something that just like any sport, career, starting a new business, nothing is easy. And there's a big learning curve. And some people come into trading with a better mindset and better tools 
on the mental side to speed up that learning curve, but you really have to stop and ask yourself, you know, this is making a career change. And, you know, it's one thing if you're retired and you're just kind of dabbling around in the markets and you like the, the idea of trading and, and things like that. But it's another thing to want to come into trading and make a complete career shift and think that, you know, just like if you wanted to become a doctor, you're going to go to a couple years of school and a then <laughs> you know, come out the other side. And it's kind of be clear sailing. Right. It doesn't quite work that right. way. Exactly. You know, keyword business, business. Uh, yep. Yeah. I, I tell traders, if you want to be serious, if you want to grab this career, whether it be a full time job or, you know, we got a lot of traders here at Top Step that they come in a couple hours before they do the nine to five, which is totally cool. Or they'll trade at night, which is totally cool. But what I stress is if you want to take this serious, consider it your business, consider it your storefront. And I've said this and I've said this again and again. But the thing is, if you do consider it an important part of your life, which would be your business, your storefront, uh, your donut shop, uh, your shoe store, uh, your beef stand, uh, you know, uh, your, your sports store, whatever. The thing is, you don't want to have to put a sign in that window that says going out of business. Mm -hmm. You know, if you take that mentality with trading, you're going to be, like I mentioned before, you're going to be asking yourself a lot of questions. Why did I put that stop there? Should I be trading now? It's just going to be one after another, and you're going to find yourself making better decisions when you are asking yourself, is this going to hurt my company? Is this going to hurt my business? Uh, and keep it in that limelight, and you know, you're going to see success a lot more than somebody that is just clicking the mouse Flipping a coin, hoping things move his way. Uh, another thing, Tim, uh, he used to say, praying to the uh, the trading god. <laughs> well, I'm going to tell you one thing there. There is no trading god. Okay, the gods don't trade. They make money <laughs> in gold. Whenever they need it, they don't need to trade. So, but, you know, that's one of the things. You, know, you mentioned the business, and I just had to hit on that point. Now, Tim, when you see a trader failing consistently, and that's that's part of learning. It's part of the lesson. Um, what are some of the directions and advice you can share to get them back on track successfully? So some of the things uh, just you know talking with a lot of traders is I have the opportunity to do some of the pitfalls that a lot of folks end up getting stuck in is uh, getting out too early. You know, get you you get in a trade and it's up a couple of ticks or it's up a point. They get scared. They don't want it to turn into a loser. So they tighten their stop too quickly. And then the trade really hasn't even gotten the chance to move away from your entry. It stops you out. And of course, it, it then uh, turns around and would have ended up being a big winner. You know, not having parameters set like a daily or a weekly loss limit to really enforce. If I make a mistake or if things get a little bit out of control, you know, I've got these protectors in to limit myself from doing more damage to myself. You know, you, you mentioned starting a business, you know, it's okay to bootstrap or to hustle. You know, you have a nine to five job and you're doing a little bit of research in the evenings on your trades. And then uh, maybe you're 
trading the the nicey open for an hour or two and then you go into work you know all that's really good to be able to you know kind of have this side hustle that you're maybe the goal is to be a full-time trader but if you don't have loss limits in place things designed to really keep the focus on assessing the risk first then like you said you're just sort of aimlessly clicking around on the dome you pull up your chart and you enter the a, a trade in 10 seconds after your charts are open uh, that's usually a, a a bad sign of impulsiveness uh, and then the, the last thing that i see a lot of traders do is change strategies way too often you know if you find something that resonates with you something that you just look at that style of trading or that method and it makes sense to you you can understand why it, the market might move that way or you can see the patterns you know really double down and focus in on that strategy you know pick one market one time frame and really become a master of that and you know start on sim really focus on mastering your method and then you can move to mastering the emotional part of trading. If you're just bouncing all over the place, trying to manage your emotions with learning a new strategy and trading with real money with no loss limits, you can get in this downward spiral that the only thing that usually gets people out of that is taking a serious break, you know, whether it's a month off from trading and sometimes it's a forced break because they blew up their account. Uh, I've been fortunate to, you know, have instilled in me from the beginning, if you don't have capital to trade, you can't trade. So assess the risk first. Don't blow up your account. The markets are always going to be there. And so better to, you know, have a crappy start to the week and just stop and take the rest of the week off and uh, come back the next week with capital to trade with than trying to dig yourself out of a hole after you're in this terrible state of mind, you're frustrated, you're blowing every rule and that you've set up mm -hmm. for yourself, breaking every rule, and uh, you just end up digging yourself a deeper hole. See, that's, that's, that's a problem too. Um, sometimes that hole is too deep before you realize mm -hmm. it's too deep, you know. Yeah, uh, that's a good point. One of the things you said, Tim, is the, the one market. Focus on that one market. If you're serious, you will do that. Now, I mean, I've got my primary, I've got my secondary, and I've got like a couple other markets that, yeah, you know, I'm not focusing on the my primary, secondary. Yeah, I'll, I'll sort of dabble. You know, it, it's I'm not all in. You know, let's put it that way. Just sort of checking these markets out. That's one smart thing to do is is keep the focus. Give 100% to one market. And I know a lot of traders, when they, they open up their accounts or they start trading, they've got five, six, seven, ten markets. Yeah, I'm watching this and watching this and watching this. I mean, at a cocktail party conversation, that sounds pretty cool. Oh, really? Crude? S&Ps? Gold? You know, the Dow? Really? NASDAQ too? Wow. That sounds cool. But the thing is, reality. Um, focusing on that one is the smartest thing to do. And like you said, you know, your energy, focus that energy too. You start spreading things out on the table like that and you're not going to get the results that you should be getting. Another thing you mentioned about is the uh, getting out of a trade too soon. You know, there used to always be that saying, I, I left money on the table. Now, that was one thing I didn't quite understand. If I do see 
an opportunity for a winning trade. And, you know, like you said, you, you, you put your initial trade in and then you get out and you might have got out too soon. I try to look at it as, all right, you know what? You, you had a winning trade, winning trade. There was some profit there. Now, if a market takes off uh, and, you know, you say, oh, I did get out too early. What would you say would be the fix? Would it be cool, Tim, if I initially exited the trade too soon with a profit? And if I did see that market move again in that direction, I can get back in again. Would that be something that would sort of be the quick fix? Or do you think maybe I take that money I made and look for another opportunity, a different opportunity? Yeah. So there's a lot of good stuff in there that we can touch on. So one of the first things is I don't like to focus on that little bit of profit that I didn't make. Maybe the market moved five points and I got out of the trade at uh, plus three points. And so rather than saying I missed out on two points, I like to reframe it and saying, you know, if this is my first trade of the day, I started with zero and now I'm up three points. And so to not focus on what I'm missing out on, right. you know, that, that fear of missing out that seems to consume everyone's lives these days. I really like to trail my stop. So I break up a position and I, I put the whole position on at once, but then I'm scaling out at different exit points. So I might on the ES, for example, let's just say we're using uh, six contracts. I might take two off at two points, just a, an arbitrary target that's designed to get a, a little bit of profit locked in. Uh, you know, it reduces my risk on the trade because now instead of six contracts, I only have four and two of those I've already taken a couple of points on. So it reduces my risk. Obviously not every trade is going to, you know, take off and be a huge home run. So that kind of helps smooth over a lot of those trades that might move a couple points in one direction and then just turn around. But then the remaining four contracts, I can go in and say, okay, if we get a little quick spike, I can start trailing my stop on say two of the four that I have left. I can trail really aggressive. And you know, if all of a sudden something's pushing the market really quickly, I can just trail aggressive on those two. I can get stopped out. And then I can have two left that I can be a little more conservative with and let the market maybe continue in its trend, but maybe there's a little bit deeper. Maybe we pull back uh, two points before making the next leg higher. And so being able to scale out over the course of the trade, it does a lot for the psychological side because you're capitalizing at multiple points in the trade. I'm always placing my stops based on what I'm seeing on the chart. It's not like I'm just using a, a two-point trail. I'm using the chart to find swing highs and swing lows to place my stops. So that way, you know, if the market does turn, I think of it like the market telling me get out as opposed to me forcing my hand on the market. And so that that does a lot for the psychological side of things. And you, know, you can do that with as little as two contracts right. because you can have a target on one and trail the second. And then the the second thing that you brought up, you know, if you're, Looking at a lot of different markets, it is hard to be focused and pick out 
a lot of the little nuances that happen. And the goal is not to trade one market and one contract for our whole lives, but we need to start trading on SIM with one market, focusing in, developing, practicing, and just like you know, if you were learning uh, to play the drums or the guitar or the piano, you know, what are you going to do? You're going to sit down at your piano and you're going to practice the same scale over and over and over again. Or the guitar, you're going to practice those same chords over and over and over again. And then when it comes time to you know, sit down with friends and have a jam session, you can pull scales out, you can pull chords out, and you can just sit down and play. And that's what we're trying to do with trading, focus on developing all these little skills separate of one another so that when we come to the trading day, we open up our charts and our trading dome, we can just trade. And it just sort of is a very natural thing that happens. Tim, I love that. I, I love the way you sort of put that. I have to totally agree with what you're saying and your approach to make this better, to make yourself better. Now, making myself better, I want to be a good trader, and I think anybody out there wants to do that. Some of us go the extra mile, do the extra work, do the research, do our homework. Some of us maybe do half of what others do. Some of us uh, come in and just say, okay, let, let's see what happens. Some of those that learn from their victories, learn from their defeats, their failures, those traders use a trading journal. One of the things also I like to, if you want to call it, preach to those that, you know, ask the question, have a trading journal. We, we talk about on the trading floor, you know, did you have a trading journal on a trading floor? No, but we had trading cards and we had, honestly, on our coats, I think we had about eight, nine, ten pockets. <laughs> and there would be a stack of cards where you would write something down just so if it happened again, if you came across that situation, whether it be a market movement, whether it be a calendar event, whether it be an FOMC announcement, what did the market do? How did I react? What did I do? What were my emotions? How did I feel? What were the actions? So I mean, writing this down, I want to know about your feelings about the trading journal. So trading journals are super important and it can be anything. I like to keep a legal pad next to me here and I can write down notes. And I just use, you know, very simple Excel to track my Perfect. trades. You know, it, it just, it needs to be something that you're going to, to use. You know, you mentioned about you know, the multiple pockets and the trading jacket. You know, when, when the guys go to the trading pits, they're in the same pit trading against the same folks. And that's just one more thing to reinforce, you know, that foundation or that framework. And then the other thing is, it's always best to over-prepare. You know, uh, clearly, you've uh, thought of some really great questions here for our conversation today. Well, that makes for a much better experience than you know, just shooting from the hip. And if you're, anytime you're going into a meeting or if you think about uh, you know, a lawyer who's trying a case, perhaps, they're not just thinking about their side of the equation. You know, they're thinking about, okay, what are some objections that we might have that we can prepare for? What are some faults in our argument? What might be the opposite view of what we think? And just training your brain to always be thinking about you know, the other side. Maybe you have a really strong bias to the upside, and that's, that's fine. But it's also important to think about, well, who might 
be interested in going short here? What are some scenarios that I can come up with so that if the market opens up and doesn't do the one thing I really want it to, I'm not taken aback and, and thrown off my game? Exactly. You come to that point where you don't want to have to say, oh, shit. You know, you want to say, ha, gotcha. <laughs> yeah. I was prepared. I prepped myself. You know, I looked ahead, you know, instead of thinking about and making a choice and deciding right when it's in your face, you've got the decision made. So it's just an action. Boom. Got it. All right. What's next? That's going to build confidence. You know, a lot of traders I talk to, you know, man, I got stopped out on the tick. All right. You know what? You got stopped out on the tick. It, it didn't blow through your stop. But, you know, there's there's value there. You knew something at that point in that area of interest in the market. Or, you know, man, I, I put a buy in and I missed the top by two ticks. Confidence. It's a confidence builder because you knew, you know, the market ne not necessarily hit your target, but it got darn close. Mm -hmm. That was a great call. You know, even though you didn't get it and, you know, market came back down and almost got it, almost got it. But you know what? You had the right intentions. You had the right game plan. You had the right area and credit yourself with a good call. And it, tell traders, build on that. You know, you, you, you didn't get the trade, but you know what? You were there. Mm -hmm. Take it in stride. Yeah, there's definitely an element of luck that comes into play. Growing as individuals or growing your career, you know, you have to be open to seeing opportunities and putting yourself in front of good opportunities. But I could place a bad trade and get lucky and have it be a winner that really doesn't teach me anything. Right. I could have a, a really good trade and just have a, a bout of bad luck also may not teach me anything. So you really have to, you know, be accepting that, you know, yeah, there's some skill involved here, but there's also, you know, you got to get a little bit lucky at times. And mm -hmm. more you overprepare, it seems the luckier that you get. You know, let, let's take a look at this. Let's break this down. Some of the traits that we need to have in our day. For uh, winning traders' mindset, winning traders' progress, building a confidence, what are the three top traits that make these up? Well, I would say the first is that ability, like I said before, to assess risk and to be able to go into a situation, a business prospect, a trade and say, you know, what am I risking and, and what is my potential? You know, if someone tells me, yeah, I made $50,000 uh, this week in the markets, you know, I want to know, well, how much did you risk to make that? And if you risked 100000 and you only made fifty. That's not as appealing as someone mm. who said, yeah, I made 1000 in the market and I only risked 200 There's uh, There's a lot of variables in that. But assessing coming from the risk perspective first is a really good uh, trait to have. Uh, I also think you need uh, a lot of focus. And it doesn't have to be focused for long periods of time. But you have to you know, come into each trading session or homework session if you're reviewing things in the evening and have a purpose. You know, I do a lot of mountain bike racing and every single training ride that I, before I even start the ride, I have some purpose for that ride, whether it's a specific interval set to do, whether it's certain amount of time in a zone or the purpose might just be, you know, have fun, go ride with your friends. So having a very focused, intentional mindset 
Uh, I would say that's number two. And number three, perseverance is really, really mm, key. Whether you're a trader, an entrepreneur, a business person, I mean, you have to have that almost stubbornness that I'm going to do this. I mean, think of Michael Jordan. I mean, he didn't make his high school basketball team. Right. And, you know, if he would have just quit, well, he wouldn't have LeBron developed would have into who he was. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you, you need that fight and uh, that perseverance. And there's like a um, maybe a fine line between like dreaming and what's possible, which is really great. And if I'm 45 years old and I'm five foot tall and I've never thrown a, a basketball before, having a dream to join the NBA, eh, it's probably not something worth pursuing. But if you have the drive and you have some skill and you see some opportunity, you know, having that persistence to when the going gets tough, the tough get going, relating it to mountain biking again, if I'm in a bike race and I'm hurting and I'm breathing really hard, I know that my competition is more than likely hurting and breathing really hard. And if I can just push a little bit higher, a little bit harder, you know, there's a good chance that I can, I can break them. You mentioned, actually, I, I mentioned that in your bio, uh, you know, you'll find him outside hiking or riding his mountain bike. Now you said, I'm sort of going off the path here, mountain bike <laughs> racing, <okay>. mountain <laughs> yeah. bike racing. You're racing on a mountain. Yep. On, uh, on off-road trails. Yep. I, I tell you, I, I take a hike on a mountain. I am making sure I am nowhere close to the edge. <laughs> now you're racing your bike on a mountain. I got to give you credit on that. See, and you're you're assessing the risk, the penalty for failure, as we like to joke. <laughs> exactly. Well, yeah, I know. I'm I'm I'm. You know, uh, <laughs> I give you credit for that. Risk reward. I imagine the reward is very high. And if you know what you're doing, I mean, you put me on a bike and put me on a mountain. Uh, I'm gonna wait for a helicopter to come pick me up. But you've did it. You've experienced it. And so that's why I want to sort of relate with i mean it's a great way to sort of relate trading because the risk versus the reward gosh if if i did have a race uh mountain bike racing and i did win it'd be like man if you break it down it's like i worked really hard practiced trained uh you know i did the homework i i, I knew the route played it off right and uh, i came out victorious that's something that uh, you know you need to sort of relate to trading and i just wanted to put that out there but wow mountain bike racing and i didn't know you were racing other people <laughs> yeah, you stuff. can think about um you know driving a car as another analogy if you're 15 years old and you're new to driving you know driving around a parking lot can be quite scary you know your I'm risk sure. of hitting things is, is fairly high but as you get more skilled and more seasoned and you know you practice on the in the parking lot then you practice on uh, country roads and then you practice uh going into town, you know, you don't just jump on the freeway and, and hit 70 miles an hour. The assessment of risk is is very relative. And you'll hear a lot of the extreme sports to be, you know, on, on an extreme end. We've got driving a car on one end and then extreme sports on the other end. You know, a lot of those athletes will tell you that the risk is all relative. They spend a lot of time, you know, if you're going to be skydiving, they've spent a lot of time practicing to build the skills to get to that point where they're comfortable jumping out of a plane. You don't just go from uh, never having jumped to, to jumping on your own. Uh, Tim, we mentioned habits earlier, didn't really get too deep into them. 
building good habits, building on success, learning from failure. How do you build good trading habits? What would you suggest a trader if they asked him, man, I, I need to build some good habits. I need to, like you mentioned earlier, I need to get that foundation. Yeah, with with any kind of habit, the biggest part is kind of setting up that trigger, acknowledging the the, the habit that you want to change. Think about the feeling at the end of achieving that thing and then work backwards and, and trying to find out, okay, well, you know, what's what's triggering me to do this bad habit so that I can be aware of it so that then I can try and change it. And as I use sports analogies a lot, you know, you're very intentional when you're practicing and it's all about breaking down the execution part of things and, and, set, and working on different things specifically. You don't just jump into a basketball game and where you're dribbling and you're passing and you're shooting free throws and you're shooting three pointers and you're running all over the place. In practice, you spend the time just working on the free throw, really focusing on, you know, okay, I got my arm, my arm right, my elbow's correct, and I'm, this is the motion I'm using. And with trading, it's the same way. We want to trade on a SIM account with a couple of contracts so we can practice mastering our method. We want to trade live with, say, one contract so we can really focus on you know, mastering that emotional side of trading, tracking your trades so that you can go back on the weekends and comb through your results so you can say, on my winning trades, I never really take more than a, a five-tick loss, yet I've got my stop placed at 10 ticks. Well, let me see if I can move my stop up to minus six, and then I can eliminate some of those losers. And you know, it's it's that those kind of insights and discovery that you you find only when you're very intentional and you're breaking things down, and you know you're away from the the live trading environment. I've never really had a insight or a light bulb moment when I'm trading in the moment. It's always you know, nights, weekends, I go on a walk or a bike ride and you know, your brain's internalizing things. And that's when you have that kind of aha moment. Yes. The, the aha, <laughs> what's going to follow that aha. Now we talk about consistency. Half of the 2018 coming into 2019 gave us some nice market movements. Being a trader, looking to make it a career, or if you want to call it a side job, I need to be consistent. This up and down, up and down, it's it's really screwing with my mind. Tim, if a trader asked you, I need to remain consistent. Uh, the markets are forever changing. How do I hold on? So simplifying everything in your life so that you can really clarify your ideas, your trading strategy. You know, the more you can simplify and drill down to core message or idea, the easier it will be to focus. If you're getting pulled in 50 different directions, it's going to be hard to succeed at any one of them. If family is your number one important thing in your life, then you need to be able to insert trading into that. If family is your number one thing and you've got all these extracurricular things that you're doing and starting businesses and, and learning to trade and all this other stuff, you know, you're constantly going to be pulling at yourself and it's going to be very hard to develop any sort of success. So every year 
you know, I try my best to come into the year and find more ways to simplify and make sure that I'm focusing in on the things that I find important. Things that are important. I think you need to prioritize that. One of the things I remind traders is, you know, let's let's end the week on a good note, whether it be a lesson well-learned or it be some nice trades, profits. When you turn that computer off on the Friday, all right, family to me is very important. One of the things I try to share with traders is separate, deviate yourself from trading. Yep. Shut it off. Focus on the family. Time to bond with the family. You know, it, it doesn't have to be anything extreme. Order a pizza, watch a movie, have game night, you know, read a story, have fun, bond with your family, energize yourself. One of the things on the trading floor is a lot of guys used to wear buttons with pictures of their their kids. You see that at offices. I've got a picture of my grandson here. When the days get dim, you know, I just look at the picture and it brightens my day. Surround mm -hmm. yourself with things that you love. Separate yourself from trading. You don't need to be doing it 24-7 or should I say 25-8, which some people tend to do. And, <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's just really not a healthy thing. Now, Tim, you're sharing some great answers and I hope a lot of us are taking notes and learning something from this. There's so many things going on in a lot of our lives. Our plates are filled. Responsibilities. Let me ask you, how do you keep focus? How do you have a clean trade day? I'm a big proponent of blocking my time. I have a specific window in the morning, usually the first 90 minutes to two hours of the trading day when the, after the NICE opens that I'm focused in on trading. There's very rare cases that I'll trade much later in the day. And so by having, you know, this is my time for trading. This is my time for, you know, getting outside and training, riding my bike. This is time spent with my wife. This is time spent answering emails and just trying to block things so I can be the most efficient as opposed to blending all of them together, having one eye on email, one eye on trading, not really sure when I'm going to get a bike ride in. When I'm on my bike ride, I got my phone out, I'm looking at the markets. You'll just you'll drive yourself nuts and sure. uh, drive yourself into the ground for sure. I like technology, but I have no problem, you know, turning my phone off and uh, <gasps> escaping for the exactly. afternoon. <laughs> you know, the anything challenge problem, uh, you know, it's gonna be there when you get back, and you don't need to consume yourself with it to the point that you become just incapacitated. And, and one of the things too is like you don't realize it, but you know you're so hooked on just constant information. You know, you've always got that phone out and oh, yeah. nervousness. It, it's part of having that phone out. There's just so many things that you don't realize you do and believe it to be just a normal way of life. Now, you, what you said and what we talk about is you need to separate. You need to get out there with Tim on a mountain and race him on his bike. You need to, <laughs> all right? You need to go do the hikes. You need to take the kids to Adventure Island, have fun. It's going to re-energize you. That's one. Everybody should be having a good time. It's just relaxing. I mean, I tell you, I love the weekends. All right. You know, been in the business 30 plus years. Tim, uh, Friday comes, I'm on that train. Woohoo! And I, I know that I can separate myself. Don't get me wrong. I love what I do. I love helping people trade. I love uh, to give advice. 
you know, I love to share my experience, whether it be good or bad. But when it comes time for any time, whatever me and my wife do, that is just so important to me. And even if it's sitting at home and saying, you know what, let's let's binge here for a little bit. Let's let's flip on the TV or Hulu or Netflix or whatever. Order your favorite food. Relax, dim the lights, you know, grab a nice soft blanket. Well, you're in Arizona, so you probably <laughs> need to turn the air up. But here in Chicago, it's a little chilly. You know, just ease into enjoyment. Now, Tim, I, I really enjoyed your answers. Very helpful in your direction, uh, suggestion. And, you know, we thank you for that coming on and sharing that with us. Only got two more questions. And this next question, we call it the Eddie question. Nothing to do with trading. And I just try to ask you something. If we were at a Starbucks and just having conversation and bringing it up. So, Tim, you ready for the Eddie question? Let's hear it. What's your favorite saying and why? So there's a fella by the name of uh, Tom Kelly who uh, runs a company called IDEO and uh, – they're a very innovative uh, company. They kind of take everyday items and make them better. And a quote that I've, or a saying that I've always sort of kept in my pocket is uh, something that he said, which is think like a traveler and treat life as an experiment. Because if you think about when you're traveling and you're in a new place, you know, you see things differently. When when we travel, we see things different. We we're more alert. We're willing to try new things and take on new experiences. So if we can just, if I can remind myself, you know, to always be thinking like a traveler, and be experimenting in life, then uh, it really helps keep me from getting comfortable and too monotonous on the on the day to day. Monotony. Oh. That can, uh, that can kill a good feeling, that's for sure. It's neat to get that view from him. It made an impact on you to bring to us. So, I mean, that's, that's it. once again, I'm trying to visualize as you're speaking, and I love what you shared with us right now. So props to him, props to you. Props to you again. I want to make sure that all our traders, our friends, our family, our listeners have the opportunity to contact Tim. So Tim, if you can, how can we contact you online? Give it to me all. Uh, you can visit me on my website, eminimind.com. Get at me at Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, just at eminimind. Eminimind, M-I-N-D. Cool. Well, Tim, I appreciate the time with us and uh, all the best to you. Thanks for coming on. Thanks, Eddie. Appreciate it. Trade well, my friend. Before you go, 2019, what's it going to bring us? Just off the top of your mind. Oh, a whole lot. A whole lot of good stuff. All right, cool. I like that positivity. <laughs> PMA, positive mental attitude. There all you right, go. my friend. All right, all the best to you. And uh, maybe down the road here, we'll get you back on again and pick your brain. Thanks. I would love to. Tim, take care. Thanks a lot. And we're back. John, like I said, straight up, Tim Reset. No nonsense, no smoke, no mirrors. Uh, I really can respect how his approach is and what's great about it is he shares this with others yeah, absolutely the straight up approach is the only way i'm with him on uh, the most important aspect of success in trading and uh, really uh, any other career 
that you venture out that one would like to succeed in and uh, concentrating on that pure mindset. It's so very important in seeing that clear vision, 100% focus, 100% commitment, and 100% management is going to get you to your goal. Yes. Uh, one of the quotes that I saw recently that has been kind of stuck in the front of my mind is, you know, most people are going to believe it when they see it. I think is becoming a, a good trader is seeing it when you believe it. Yeah, that's the, the pat on the back and the pat on the butt. Right? If you can't see yourself with that clear vision of succeeding, you will never believe it. You got to filter out the smog. You've got to have that clear vision and you got to have the passion and desire. That's going to help you cut through that fog, cut through that smoke, cut through that smog and get you to where you want to be. Now, one of the eye openers was thinking on how Tim talked about working to separate the emotional side from the execution side. Now, this is something very important. I hope that our listeners did take notes on that. Now, it's a trader sabotage if you look at it. If you think you can get by with emotional decisions directing your trading choices, you're going to get bit, and you're going to get bit hard. Emotions can be used positively, but once you let emotions take over your trading, there's when you're going to hit the negative. Yeah, your emotions will hoodwink your real decision-making process. Once you become emotional, it becomes very difficult to make those difficult decisions. You know, I talk to people all day, every day about when markets are emotional, people become emotional. It's the ones that can keep the cooler heads and make the good trading choices over time that are going to that are going to have a much better probability of success. Right. And I tell you, that's we're all looking for success. It's no secret. It's no secret. We're all looking for that. You know, John, one of the questions I asked Tim was how do you remain consistent through different market conditions? The years going back, what we went through with open outcry, coming into electronic, we've seen these market conditions and wild conditions and dead conditions and you know everything in between. You know, with all the personal coaching you do, what do you tell your traders about different market conditions? One of the most important things is that if you have a specific strategy for a specific market state, you need to recognize when the market is not congruent with that trading plan. I do suggest to my traders that, hey, if the market is in a range, that is a specific strategy. If the market is trending or directional, that is a different strategy. You've got to be able to kind of hypothesize the difference, put that strategy into play, and as long as it continues to play out, you continue to use that strategy until something changes. As for you know, highly volatile markets, I think a lot of retail discretionary traders are always looking for these big volatile moves that, like we've seen in the S&Ps and the stock markets since October. But I think very few people are actually prepared to trade in them. Right. You know, and the thing, too, is prepared to trade. Huge. Best thing to do if you feel there is one iota of non-preparingness. Yes. It is today. Is that a word? Yes. You know what? Yes. I think it so. It is today. You know what? Take that step back. Don't gamble it, all right? We're traders. We're not gamblers, all right? Take that step back. Reevaluate. If you're not comfortable, stay where you are. Wait till the dust clears. Then enter that market. You know, the, I think the, the way volatility 
causes people to respond is the opposite of what they need to, and that's and that's number one through emotion. But you know, faster markets to me mean respond slower, look for better opportunities. It's going to be more risk. Your opportunities are going to be better, but it's the cooler heads that prevail. Quote the Hogue. Mm-hmm. All right, John. John, I appreciate you being with us here. Well, traders, I hope you had some good takeaways from this interview. If not, re-listen. Rewind, re-listen. Uh, it's going to help you in the long run. Trust us. We've been there. We've done it. And once again, John, thank you for joining us here today. Thank you, Eddie. And thank you, Tim, for a great podcast. All right, traders, as always, thanks for spending time with us. And if you enjoyed this interview, send money to Hogue. No, if you enjoyed this interview, please feel free to leave us a rating or review. It helps us reach new traders. And thank you for listening to me on these podcasts. I'm signing off. Take care. Thanks, John. Thank you, Eddie. Editing and post-production of this episode was done by Dante32. Futures and Forex trading contains substantial risk and is not for every investor. An investor could potentially lose all or more than their initial investment. Risk capital is money that can be lost without jeopardizing one's financial security or lifestyle. Only risk capital should be used for trading, and only those with sufficient risk capital should consider trading. Past performance is not necessarily indicative of future results.